Come on. Welcome to Money Savage, a savage approach to personal finance. This is George Grumbacher, and the time is right. Welcome to today's guest, strong and powerful Damian Lupo. Damian, are you ready to do this? Let's do it, George. Let's rock it. Excellent. Let's do this. Damien was born with an entrepreneurial spirit, starting his first business at 11. Today, he started and owned more than 40 different companies, including an insurance agency, a precious metals firm, a venture capital company. He is the co-founder of Total Financial Control. I'm excited to have you on. Damien, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Well, I think if people looked at me, they'd probably say, that's a crazy person. And it's because my, my <laughs> I mean, you know, there's this golden thing that we look for, the, the perfect life balance. And I can tell you right now, I have no life balance because I'm obsessed about what I do. I'm, I've gone super deep into my stuff, probably like I did 15 years ago with real estate. And, and what the work I'm doing now is so important because there's a deep why and a mission behind it. So my personal life is baked into my professional life. So if, if people want to hang out with me, we end up talking a lot about business and that's because I love what I do. I'm not trying to get away from it at the end of the day. Like I don't even know what the end of the day is. Every day is just, it's so <laughs> exciting to be creating all the time. And I, I'm hopeful that people can come away from this with a little bit of, of excitement about doing something where they can't wait to get into it versus trying to get out of it all the time. That's, that's like hell on earth. Yeah, I, I appreciate that 100%, man. I'm also one of those people that I'm not trying to run away from my work. It does. Uh, I think that whenever you're passionate about something, it just does become what you do um, more than simply just, just a job. So I, 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 I totally get it. So where do you want to start, man? What, what, what are you mostly focused on? Well, I, I'm, I'm mostly focused on breaking the financial bondage that people have. My mission is this is to break free a million people from financial bondage. And it's basically giving them a framework and a, a mindset and a tool to set themselves up so that they truly do have financial peace of mind. And I know you, that's important to you and what you, you talk about and teach. It's it's giving them tools so that they're not getting to the end of their their working days, which most people have an idea. They're going to they're going to work. They're going to have this retirement event and then they're going to be free. And that's because they, they hand their money over to Wall Street. And unfortunately, if you do that, you have a hope strategy. Basically, you're smoking a bunch of hopium and it's not <laughs> going to work out because you're just going to be really stoned and frustrated 20 years down the road. So I'm giving people a different a, a different tool, a different way to to focus where you take control of your money, something called the QRP, and you get to invest how you want to and basically put you in the driver's seat versus putting you in the trunk in the dark for the next 20 years. You really are in charge of driving. And, and so it's people that want to do other things other than mutual funds, which I think are a big con game anyway. Got it. Somebody told me years ago that hope is not a strategy and that always stuck with me. So <laughs> it's probably, it's probably okay to hope, but that should not be your primary strategy. So, you know, I, I think there's something valuable about, about hoping for a better future, but if hope is it, if like that's it and you're not going to go do something different. Uh, hope isn't going to get you there enough. I, people say this a lot where they say, well, it's not to be overly religious or anything, but people will say it's in God's hands. I think if that's your thought and you're not going to take action, then you're not using the, the God given tools, which is called your hands, your feet, your mind to actually execute. And that's what we have to do. We have to execute if we want something different than the status quo, which is really pretty terrible. If you think about it, it's just kind of an average tiptoeing safely into death's door where you're going to be broke and old. I mean, that's a terrible default, but that's where most people are going if they don't take control. Yeah, that, that sounds like a pretty crappy existence to me as well. So, <laughs> so talking about 
not handing things over to Wall Street and some of the some of the drawbacks or dangers of just basic mutual fund investing and not paying real close attention. What are some of those drawbacks? Well, the drawbacks, I mean, main, main things is that Wall Street is set up to feed on you. And so if you've got your money going into mutual funds, into 401ks, and, and you just hand it over to somebody, you are their meal ticket. They, they, you're basically, you're their annuity. You pay in every month and they take a chunk of you. So you're going to end up, you have no control over anything and you can't get, a, you, you literally can't pick up the phone and talk to the people that are in charge of your investments. And you may think, well, I have a financial advisor. No, you don't. You have a, you have a salesperson that's, that's pitching you stocks and bonds and things. You don't have any control. And the fees that are paid to that system, the advisors and Wall Street and everything else are going to be two thirds of your returns if you're lucky over your lifetime. And then if you have actual returns, you're going to be paying taxes and you're going to be paying at an ordinary income level, an income rate down the road. So you're basically going to be giving away all of your money to fees, the taxes and inflation. So are you going to be any further ahead? Pretty unlikely. And if you think you're going to save up, you're going to need to save up about $4 million to escape the velocity of gravity. That What that means is that you're going to have to have about $4 million when you stop. So if you're, if you're giving away basically all of your gains, are you going to be able to save $4 million? You've got to do a different thing. You've got to have a different strategy. You've got to learn from people that are doing things outside of Wall Street. And that's what we're here to do, give people different tools and different ideas so that they're not stuck in that gravitational force, which is called reality for most people because they're on autopilot thinking they're going to passively get to a place of freedom, which is not going to happen. Got it. Well, certainly, there's there's no two ways about it that, uh, that there are a lot of fees that are associated with these traditional accounts and things that, that we're talking about. And and taxes are, are very much an unknown if you're going to be paying taxes when you would draw the money down the road and inflation Maybe it wasn't a real thing for the past couple of years, but I think that it's going to become a real thing um, sooner rather than later here. So, all right. And I think that when people are listening here, the idea that we need, they need $4 million to combat those things, that's that's probably a pretty daunting thing. So what is a different approach? So a, a different approach is to say, okay, what other what's, what else is out there? I happen to like real estate a lot. I like real estate that, that does something productive. I don't like this whole fantasy people have after watching Chip or whoever the guy is on Flip That House. <laughs> I think he's in Waco. And it's funny because I see this, people go, oh, I'm going to flip a house. And I say, well, if you're successful and you flip a house, first off, if you make money, you're going you're gonna to end up giving about 60 to 70% of that money immediately away in taxes because it's ordinary income. And the amount of risk people are taking, basically they're playing casino games. So I like real estate. It's something different. People say it's too complicated. You got tenants, you got toilets, you got all this stuff. And my my thought is, hey, you know what? Real estate always is there. It's always going to be there. People always need real estate. And so I just say you've got to be actively engaged. And if you if you start looking at solving problems, creating $4 million is one thing. But what are we really trying to do? We're trying to get to a place where we create cash flow because you can't eat equity but you can eat cash flow. And so if you're finding a way to, to create an asset that will pay you, you know, what do you, what are you really trying to get to? You're trying to get to a place where you have six, eight, 10,000 bucks a month. And it's a lot easier to create that. Cause I did that in my real estate. We didn't really get into this, but years ago I created 150 house portfolio in five years that that was producing over $20,000 a month in cash flow. And I started off buying my first house with a visa card. I got a cash advance. I bought a house. So there's really, and this is after dropping out of college. So I didn't have any skills. I didn't really have an education. I just had grit and determination. 
So I did that. Anybody can do this. So doing that over a period of years, if you, if you were to buy some apartments or buy a house, one house a year for 10 years, you're literally setting yourself up to have that cash flow so that you're financially at peace, so that you're not scared. You're not relying on the stock market to keep going up so you can peel things off. I mean, that's, that's what we're told. If you just have X number of dollars in the stock market, then you can peel off a certain percentage. You know, th- my dad had that strategy. He had that strategy, and when he got sick, I think he was afraid he was going to lose his – he was going to run out of money before he ran out of life. And I think he basically gave up early because he didn't want to be a burden on us kids. So this is a strategy that can literally have consequences towards your longevity if you are afraid you're going to run out of resources because who wants to be a burden on their kids? So you've got to find a way to to really produce something. And producing something, in my mind, is – it's not handing your money over to somebody. It's creating an asset that pays you the rest of your life. So I would say for most people, a really good idea is to focus on on real estate. Maybe it's a business. I like real estate because any second grade education person, you know, I mean, if that's all you have, you can make that happen. I mean, I've seen it enough times. It's there. It's it's and it's it, it's an option, especially in the United States. So I think that that is a great place to start to really start thinking. Okay, what could I do to create that cash flow and really. What do I need? What do I need to create? It's not 4 million. It's not 10 million. It's not, those things are nuts because they're not really freedom. If I handed you, George, if I handed you $10 million right now, would that be freedom or would that just be a big lottery event that most people would bankrupt out of in a matter of two to three years? You know, like, what well, is it really freedom? Because you don't have any skills. And that's what people need to get is the skills that, and that's where the confidence is found in the skills of doing the thing. Got it. I think that that's awesome. <clears throat> so, is is there a strategy around how real estate is owned and that would help mitigate tax and liability and, and, and things like that? Yeah, I, th- I think there's a this is where the biggest factor in your success is is really your team. And a lot of people think they're going to do everything themselves. And that, when, I, when I lost $20 million in 2008, I had a huge portfolio and I went from this 20,000 a month cash flow and and I went off a cliff. And big part of the problem was I didn't have a team around me anymore. I think a lot of people start with no team and they stay with no team and they just think that they can do it themselves. The team is going to have more of an impact on you because you're not a lawyer, an accountant, an entrepreneur, a bookkeeper, a grounds person, like whatever it is in your life, you've got to have other people around. And that's the big, that's the big place that we have to start, figure out who's on your team. For example, the best accountant that I know that's out there is Tom Wheelwright with ProVision. He's one of Rich Dad, uh, you know, Robert Kiyosaki's advisors. And reading a book, his book called Tax-Free Wealth, which happens to be sitting in front of me, is an excellent place to start where you can understand how to keep your money, how to how to buy real estate where you're not getting taxed, where you literally are – like do you, you remember that, that interview or the, the debate between uh, Trump and Clinton where – she said, Donald Trump didn't pay any taxes. And he said, that makes me smart. And <laughs> the reality is real estate is set up as an, as something that the government wants us to do. And if you, if you go out there and you do real estate as an investor, you can receive cash flow and pay no taxes. It's because the government knows it sucks at creating housing. It wants us to do it. So paying no taxes is part of the incentive program. It's not because somebody's trying to pull a fast one. It's because it's set up on purpose. The government needs private industry to do these things. So if you want to pay no taxes, go do some real estate. There's plenty of incentives. But if you want to have a W-2, you're going to get killed by the tax system. Got it. 
there's no two ways about it. I completely agree that the uh, the Internal Revenue Code is is set up in the way that it's set up with all its complexities to uh, encourage people to take advantage of the different opportunities that you find inside of it. Now, you need a good team to be able to do that because it's incredibly dense and probably hard to interpret for the layperson. So I appreciate what you're saying. All right. So you, you need a good team from there. Where do we go? You've got to figure out why you're doing what you're doing. I, when I was doing my stuff, I my why was more. It's It was that there was a line in Wall Street, too, with Josh Brolin when he's asked, what's your number when you stop? When you stop going out there and creating more money, when you right. stop taking more, he said, my answer is more. It's never enough. And that was that was my my thinking back in, in 2000 to 2005. I bought a house. I bought 10 houses. I bought 100 houses. I was buying more and more real estate. I had more cash. And one million turned into two, turned into five. And it, it was never going to be enough because my entire why was about more. It wasn't something that was really important. I didn't have a family. I was. It was just about me consuming. And and so the next step is figuring out what matters more than the money. What What is the money for? And, and why am I doing this? And maybe, maybe you love the game. But if there's something that's driving you, it'll keep you focused on, on a deeper rooted, grounded foundation. I. That is a missing piece for a lot of people, unfortunately, that I see it at seminars and just out there flipping houses. They're, they're just in a consumption rat race. It's kind of a merry-go-round. They buy something, they make some money, they go consume it, then they go to the next thing. And they, they're not really building anything that's lasting or impactful. I think we have to start there before we got go out there and kill ourselves creating cash. Yeah, I think that that's lacking from, uh, to, to, to your point, 100%, it's lacking from, from all conversations about that's that's linked to money if it's stock market investing or real estate investing whatever they, they they really view it in a vacuum of just the technical aspects of that but leave out what i would say are the second half if not the first half and equally important stuff like why am i doing this to to your point what is most important to me really what are my values what are my goals outside of simply a, a dollar amount because um, I think that people's success will probably never reach their full level. But at the same time, I think that a lack of having an understanding of those things also causes a lot of ordinary investors and ordinary people to overconsume in other areas because they don't have that in mind when they're spending. So, And, and it's a wicked cycle. It's, I mean, it, it, the, one of the first things you can do is if you say, well, yeah, I know who I am because I, I think a lot of times people think they know who they are, but then they don't actually have something in front of them that where they've defined it. Right. It, and, and I always, I, I always say to somebody, you, you tell me who you are, but show me your calendar and show me your bank statements. I'll tell you who you are because that stuff won't lie. It's why most people mm-hmm. keep money and their calendar hidden. They don't want to put things on the calendar, <laughs> but that traps me. No, it defines you because you're, you're, you're choosing to commit to something and and so we we have this default rhythm where we are totally detached and we're just we're always chasing something. So I mean I know what my values are. I mean they're they're very very they're they're direct. There's a small number. They're growth, candor, self responsibility, relationships, simplicity, and beauty. I mean those are my key things that drive me. And so when I'm making decisions about what I'm going to do, who I'm going to engage with, all of those those decisions are based on me not violating my values. So I don't do transactions. I build relationships. Cash and 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 an exchange happens inside those relationships oftentimes, but I don't go out there trying to figure out. How, I don't do the Grant Cardone thing. I like Grant, but I don't go look at somebody and go, "Who's got my money? Who's got my money?" This is what Grant said. <laughs> and he looks at people like they're they're just their wallets with legs, 
And I say, people are not wallets with legs. People are people. You want to be in a relationship or you want to take their money? He's got an amazing sales system that just pummels the crap out of people and it makes the salespeople a lot of money. The problem is I've been on the receiving side of that and you just feel like a target. So I'm not going to have anything to do with a business. I'm not going to create one and I won't do business with somebody that is treating me like that. So it's all about that relationship. And, and so I think this is something that we all need to do. And then there's the other thing that really was missing when I was building up this wealth Anybody that's doing any type of investing or if you have a business, especially investing, is to have a written set of rules. Like I have written rules to my investing and I don't violate those. Not anymore. I mean I violated those rules if I look back because I didn't have any. So if I was thinking I had rules, whatever my thinking was, I got excited in the moment and I violated them. And then I got myself – I got kicked in the ass. So what are those rules? What are, you know, what are your values and then what are the rules that guide you as you're moving along and making decisions? Those two things are really, really powerful in addition to the team because it gives you framework. Otherwise, it's all just gut maneuvering. You know, how did it feel? What does it look like? It's going to be fun. Well, if your investing is all about fun and you don't have any framework, your fun is going to take you off a cliff at some point. No doubt about it. And also, as you know, your brain is not always working to your benefit and on your behalf. We all suffer from, from unconscious, sometimes even conscious biases. So if we don't have the framework or the guardrails on in the form of these written rules, you will make mistakes and maybe maybe some bad ones when things go sideways, which they will. I've heard that happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think i awesome stuff. in that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, Damien, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? I, I, I want to tell you something that as a, a guy that grew up in Alaska where there are literally polar bears that tried to eat me when I was at work, <laughs> in no joke, and being in the savannah, being in Africa where there are tigers that will literally eat you, all these fears that we have around making mistakes that something is going to eat us, those are the things that are keeping you stuck in the life that you're trying to get away from. And so you want, you want to find financial peace of mind faster, fail faster, fail faster, move forward and go f- become free because you build the confidence through that muscle. You got to break things down by falling down and then you'll be able to get up stronger and, and more present, more conscious to what is in front of you versus being stuck in a rut the entire rest of your life. Well, that is great stuff. That definitely gets a come on. Come on. Well, Damien, thank you so much for coming on the show. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Uh, best place to, to meet me and, and see what I'm working on is, is go, go to the qrpbook.com and get a copy of that book. That's what I'm spending my time focused on, and it'll, it'll give you a, a piece of what I'm doing and what's going on, and it'll, it'll allow you to reach out to me if, if you want to do that. But go to theqrpbook.com, get a copy of it, and, and see if that can help you in your life and creating that fi- financial peace of mind that you're looking for. Excellent. Well, Savage Issue, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Damien your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to qrpbook.com. Is that the QRP book, Damien, or just QRP book? Either one. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. And I'll list that in the notes of the show as well. Um, thank you again, Damien. Thanks, George. I appreciate you having me. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together. What's up, Savage Nation? Please support the show by subscribing, leave us a review, and definitely feel free to share us with somebody you think would like it. Come on.